Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Thanks for joining me today. We've spent the last couple weeks breaking down all the moves from free agency, and I mean, the signings have slowed down a little bit here, but the news definitely hasn't. We've got big name players retiring, we've got injury updates trickling in, and we have the league meetings going on, and we're getting some really interesting early quotes from coaches and GMs across the league. I know at this time of year, you can't trust everything you hear or everything you read, but I'm going to decode some of what those quotes could mean for fantasy outlooks in 2019. And remember, if you're looking for rankings, analysis, all that stuff can be found in the NFL fantasy news section on the score app. Already this week, I've gone over the tight ends who could break into the elite tier. Now that Gronk's retired, who can step up in fantasy? Looked at a couple of the younger guys there. And on Tuesday, I looked at running backs who are in danger of losing their starting jobs, and I included some of the prospects that teams have actually worked out just to try to connect the dots there a little bit. I hope you're already subscribed to this podcast, and I hope you've already checked out some of the other great podcasts on the Score Podcast Network, like Pound the Rock, our NBA show, Expand the Zone, our MLB pod, Puck Pursuit for all things in the hockey world, or Sweeper Keeper for all you footy fans out there. Whatever your sport of choice is, we've got you covered. So let's start off today with the news that Rob Gronkowski is retiring. And we have to put an asterisk next to that one since his agent Drew Rosenhaus already said that Gronk could change his mind at some point, that he might want to come back. Maybe a situation where later in the year, if New England needs him, he could come out of retirement, try to be the hero. Hopefully this doesn't turn into a Brett Favre situation where it's an on again, off again, willy or won't he. In Dynasty though, you have to hold on to Gronk because of this. You can't drop him right now. You got to sit him on your bench and see how this plays out over the next eight or nine months or so. And normally you'd hate to see a player like this retire, but I'm a little bit happy about this one. And not just because I'm a Bills fan, but we saw the wear and tear taking its toll on Gronk. We saw it starting to slow him down a little bit last season. Still had some big games for sure, but wasn't moving the same out there. And his numbers were way down. His receptions, his yardage, his touchdowns, they were all some of his lowest marks since his rookie season. And that's discounting the two years where he was injured. Obviously, he had one season where he only played seven games, another year where he only played eight games. I'm looking at the seasons where he's playing 11 or more games and he had big years in all of those seasons. This year, not so much. And the three touchdowns is really what hurts the most for fantasy. This is a guy who had at least eight touchdowns every year he had played 11 games or more. This year, he suited up for 13 contests and only had those three scores. So his departure really leaves a void in that Patriots passing attack, which is kind of in shambles at the moment. I mean, Julian Edelman's locked in. He's going to get a ton of volume. He's a wide receiver two in fantasy. PPR could flirt with wide receiver one numbers. But behind him, Philip Dorsett, Bruce Ellington, Maurice Harris, and at tight end, we're looking at Steven Anderson and Matt Lacoste, Jacob Hollister. These are not great options. This late in Brady's career, they want to surround him with talent. I'm curious to see what they're going to do at this point. We're going to see them go more run heavy than ever. I think that's obvious. And it's already begun over the last couple seasons as they try to insulate Brady, the aging version of Brady that we're seeing now. It's great news for Sony Michelle, James White, even Rex Burkhead to a lesser extent if we see an injury there. It's really bad news for Brady, but I already had him way down my rankings as more of a mid to low end quarterback too. And now I would expect New England to target one of the top tight ends in this draft. TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, or even Irv Smith Jr. They're the elite tier of prospects. If they grab Hawkinson or Fant, who are my two favorites in that bunch, 
even though they're going to be rookies, even though we normally don't see rookie tight ends do much in fantasy, I'd be looking at them as potential top 12 options. We saw how a guy like Evan Ingram in his rookie year excelled because he got so much volume. And normally that's part of the problem. It's a tough position to learn. It's a tough position to transition into in the pros, but also you just rarely see a rookie step in and get that kind of volume. When Ingram got it, put up top four fantasy numbers. Now, I don't think we're going to see that here, but I think we could see top 10, top 12 numbers from a guy like Fant or Hawkinson in that offense. I'd also be watching for Bill Belichick to make a trade. They need weapons for Brady. Keep an eye out for them to try to acquire a veteran. Belichick admitted in the past that they've struggled to identify receiver talent in the draft. That's led them to trade for receivers in the past. They desperately need the help. I know some people have floated AJ Green's name out there. We'll see what they can do, but Belichick definitely isn't done retooling this offense. We also saw Jordy Nelson hang them up on Wednesday. There's no fantasy impact here since Nelson was a free agent, but tip of the cap to him. Some excellent fantasy campaigns in Green Bay and a surprisingly strong finish last year over the last five games. The Raiders had no other options. They were just feeding him targets and he put up decent fantasy numbers, allowed him to leave on somewhat of a high note after his numbers had declined so much the last couple seasons, especially once he got to Oakland. And speaking of the Raiders, there's another possible retirement looming with Marshawn Lynch's future up in the air. Mike Mayock, the Raiders GM, he admitted that they have a huge hole at running back, said they're going to wait until after the draft before they make a decision on Lynch, and that Marshawn plans to do the exact same thing, wants to see how things unfold in the draft there. Right now, Oakland has Jalen Richard, who's more of a pass-catching threat, DeAndre Washington, who I like but hasn't ever shown he can carry a full load, and the 2018 preseason star Chris Warren, who essentially redshirted last year after getting hurt before the season, missed the year with a knee injury. So, An early round pick on a rookie seems kind of likely at this point for the Raiders. If that doesn't work out for whatever reason, then maybe, just maybe, we'll see them try to coax Lynch back for one more year. I'd actually like to see that happen. I mean, everyone loves Marshawn Lynch, of course, but he proved he can still get it done. He still has the skills to be a star in an NFL offense, even at 32 years old last year. He'll be 33 this season. Still has that tackle-breaking ability that would probably be pretty useful behind this line that's undergone a big reconstruction this offseason after being one of the strengths of that offense for the last few years. If he comes back, and let's hope that he does, he's going to be a low-end RB2 in my rankings for fantasy. Lynch's former teammate, Doug Baldwin, was also in the news. He's facing another surgery. That's his third this offseason. This time it's for a sports hernia, and that just adds to the growing list. We saw him go under the knife for knee and shoulder issues already over the last few months. It puts his availability for training camp in doubt, maybe really for the start of the season as well. So we're going to have to add him to the long list of players who could get off to a slow start or who actually could potentially be sidelined when the season kicks off in September. Emmanuel Sanders is another veteran wideout in a similar situation there. For Baldwin, though, let's hope this gets him back to 100% because he wasn't the same impact player in 2018. He was playing through that long list of injuries. And he came on a little later in the year, but it was hard for fantasy owners to trust him. Just didn't have it on a weekly basis, wasn't showing that consistency, especially with the offense leaning towards a more run-based approach. This also helps solidify Tyler Lockett as the receiver to own in Seattle. Fingers crossed we can get the old Baldwin back at some point, but entering his age 31 season with a long recovery ahead of him, we need to be cautious with his fantasy outlook. 
We also got an injury update for Darius Geis this week. Uh, Redskins head coach Jay Gruden saying Geis is expected to be a full goal for training camp. That combined with the workout videos we've been seeing, Geis is putting them up on social media, makes it seem like he should be back and without limitations when the season starts. But I still keep thinking about how they re-signed Adrian Peterson it worries me. And you also have Chris Thompson, who I've talked about over the last couple of weeks. Chris Thompson is there. He's going to fight for third down work. I want to buy into Geis. I want to see him as an RB2 candidate. I want to rank him that way. And I hope that the reports all stay positive and the Redskins are able to build their offense around him. I just don't see Peterson being content with sitting on the bench. He wasn't able to do it during his time in New Orleans. It was brief, but it was really a problem for him. He wanted to be out on that field. Hopefully he doesn't get a ton of work. Hopefully he doesn't hold back Geis here because Geis can be a real fantasy star in this offense with a full workload. Elsewhere at the league meetings, we had 49ers GM John Lynch confirm that Jarek McKinnon will be on the team this season, which is key since McKinnon's salary is guaranteed as of April 1st. It isn't that surprising that he's still going to be there. Some people were speculating they might cut him. I think a lot of us in the fantasy community were maybe hoping that they were going to cut him just to help clarify the situation. But it's not that surprising that they're going to keep him because Coleman's free agent deal turned out to be pretty cheap. It allows them to keep everyone, let them battle it out through the offseason and into camp. Just a nightmare for fantasy owners, obviously. The possibilities there that Coleman, McKinnon, and Breda could all see touches on game day. Hopefully this is going to sort itself out before the season comes around. I still like Coleman the most, given his history of production. He had really good years under Shanahan when they were together in Atlanta. We're going to have to follow the competition throughout the offseason, though, into training camp. The logjam in the Buccaneers receiving court is clearing up a little bit. Fantasy owners who are targeting Chris Godwin are going to love what Bruce Arians is saying. At the league meetings, the new Bucks coach said he thinks Godwin can be close to a 100-catch receiver. Now, we have to explain that Arians has been known for his hyperbole in the past. I think one time in Arizona, he actually said that Andre Ellington could be a 25-touch-a-game player, if I remember correctly, something along those lines. So we have to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. 100 catches would be a lofty goal for Godwin, but 80 to 85 receptions? That's definitely possible in this offense, especially if he's getting work out of the slot, which is the expectation now with Adam Humphreys gone, Deshaun Jackson gone, the volume's going to crank up for him. The front office has been comparing him to Larry Fitzgerald, of all people, suggesting that he could play that big slot role in Arian's offense would be great to see. In my post-free agency rankings update, I had Godwin in my top 25 receivers. If anything, he's going to move up before the season gets here. And there was lots more praise being thrown out by coaches at the league meetings. Colts head coach Frank Reich talked up newly acquired Devin Funches. He said, and I quote, good feet good instincts and good body control and body quickness help separate at the top of his roots watch the way this guy runs roots and quote now i've been pushing funches since before he signed in indy but this only helps his cause because as evan silver rotoworld pointed out last year at this time reich was billing eric ebron as an elite tight end and no one believed it now hopefully People realize Funches has similar upside in this offense. He's only 24, so much room to grow. Pat Thorman of Pro Football Focus actually tweeted out, Funches is younger than Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, and Kenny Galladay. All guys we see as young, budding stars. Funches is still around that age. There is a lot of room for him to develop. 
I don't see him as a number one receiver, and maybe that was the problem in Carolina, that he was miscast in that number one role, but he can be a solid real-life number two, and for fantasy purposes, he has wide receiver two upside as well. And Funchess is an example of how a landing spot can really help boost a player's value. New Orleans signing Jared Cook, another nice pairing in free agency. Behind Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, there isn't much to rely on in that passing attack. Ted Ginn and Traquan Smith, they're competing for the same field stretcher role, tends to be inconsistent in that Saints offense, especially with them throwing less and less in recent years. Cam Meredith is another guy that's there, but he's been dealing with injuries. So Cook could emerge as that third option. The problem in New Orleans is Cook isn't going to receive the same kind of volume that he got in Oakland. He led the Raiders in receiving last year, saw over 100 targets for the first time in his career. Tough for him to get that kind of volume with the Saints, but his efficiency is definitely going to go up playing with Drew Brees. His scoring opportunities are going to go up as well. I think a career high in touchdowns, definitely within reach in this offense for him. I don't expect another top five finish, but he'll be back in the top nine in my next rankings update. That's all for today's episode. If you want to see my rankings for redraft and dynasty, or if you're looking for more reaction and analysis, jump into the score app and hit up the NFL fantasy news section. And you can follow me on Twitter at Justin Boone. Big thanks to Gronk and Jordy for great fantasy careers. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.